And welcome to Meow Mix, the Carolina Panthers podcast, part of the STG Network. My name is Steven. My name is Jerry. And we are here to talk about the 2003 Carolina Panthers-Philadelphia Eagles championship game. But in our preparation for this podcast, some news broke yesterday, Jerry. Massive news. Massive news took over the sports world, mostly because there's nothing else really going on. But <laughs> right. Cam Newton signed with the New England Patriots. It feels like this was somehow destined to happen with him not signing right away. Yeah, to this go to was the evil empire. Right. This this was. I swear we've talked about this ten times probably. Going him going to the Patriots and what would that mean and you know all the possible speculation of that, but. Uh, it's real, and he signed basically for the league minimum for a player of his tenure. Uh, of course, he does have plenty of escalators. He can make up to $7.5 million. This is a one-year deal. I mean, I mean, you know, props to Bill Belichick. It's, it's, it's a, a gamble deal. with no risk. You know, yeah. there's literally no risk. And it's a great deal for Cam Newton. You're going to a team that... You're going to probably start. I don't think Stidham's really going to stand a chance to start as long as his shoulder's healthy. And if he's starting, he's going to get, if he's healthy, starts, does well, he's going to get a nice-sized contract at the end of this from someone. Absolutely. Uh, This was was the place for him to go, you know, with the, the opportunity to play with probably the best head coach in the history of the league, with an organization that always seems to put together the right pieces in the right places. Mm-hmm. Something that Cam has not had, you know, uh, yeah. with the Panthers for sure. Um, it's just, it's kind of meant to be, it feels like. Um, I do want to just, let's just have this conversation assuming that Cam is healthy. Because okay. we know if Cam's not healthy, we know what that is, right? Yeah. He doesn't get the big contract. He doesn't play, you know, or at least doesn't play well. 2018 really, second half of the yeah. season. Just remember right. that. That's right. It. That's and, Cam and on Belichick won't, Belichick won't stick with them because they're not paying him anything. They'll move to Stidham. So let's just have this conversation. We'll assume he's healthy. What is your ceiling, I guess? Uh, you know, pr- blue sky prediction for Cam Newton, assuming he's healthy. Well, I, I look at their offense coordinator, Josh McDaniels. Mm-hmm. Now, since Brady's been there, he likes to throw a lot of short passes and, you know, a lot of precision passes. Well, people fail to realize when Josh McDaniels was a head coach, he took a Tim Tebow-led Denver Broncos team to the playoffs and won. Yeah. yeah. So he's not afraid to use the quarterback in a running scheme. And let's be honest, Tim Tebow is nowhere compared to Cam Newton in the throwing ability. <laughs> that's putting it lightly <laughs> yes right i mean and the patriots have been beefing up their offensive line mm-hmm. you know through the draft and this offseason um that basically put 
they've got more money in their offensive line, I think, than any team in the league. Uh, they have like almost $30 million or something just in their guards. So they are primed to run the ball this year. I mean, that's what they've been setting up for, knowing that Brady wasn't going to be there, knowing that they were probably going to be running with a young Jared Stidham or Brian Hoyer, you know, just knowing the limitations of those guys. They were planning on running the ball. This this leads right into Cam's strengths, right? It, it really does. Uh, I'm not a big fan of their backfield, but you add Cam back there to at least hold that linebacker, keeping an eye on him. It's going to free up some Sony Michelle and James White. You could see Sony Michelle turn into a 1,200-yard back, you know, with the threat of Cam Newton there holding a linebacker or a safety or, you know, somebody that was going to come up to make that play has to account for Cam, mm-hmm. especially if they do, you know, if they use the RPO or uh, a lot of play action, which you, they're going to because it's. Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels, they're smart coaches. They're going to use Cam's uh, – any ability Cam has to their advantage. Yeah. These are not the dumb coaches that are going to try to make Cam be not Cam. He is right. going to – and let's be honest, when North Turner's – in the beginning of 2018 season, in North Turner's offense, Cam was looking really good, throwing those short passes, very accurate. You know, so he has that ability – now, yeah. will what Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick do with him? Who knows? He's a Swiss Army knife. I, I feel like they probably will have Cam do a, a lot of what Norv Turner was having him do. You know, a lot of those short passes. That was modeled after the Patriots' offense, right? Those quick out, you know, get rid of the ball quickly. Make quick decisions. Don't go for the home run every time. That was based on what the Patriots do well. So I could see Cam coming in there and maybe not running that offense nearly as efficiently as, as Tom Brady, of course. Tom Brady's best quarterback of all time. But doing it in a Cam Newton type of way to where they're still extremely explosive. And maybe even more explosive than they were the last couple of years with Tom Brady. Because yeah. he couldn't really get the ball 60 yards downfield. Again, this is assuming Cam is healthy. And their defense was number one last year. Mm-hmm. This team for a while for a while that defense was like historically good. This team is not going to be riding on Cam's shoulder, literally and figuratively. They don't expect him to win them games fifty to forty nine. They're expecting him to not turn the ball over, be consistent, win a couple games, and I think. That fits into him perfectly for this team, for his comeback. And when he originally signed, I was actually kind of thinking, well, they don't have that much on offense in the receiver pool. Then I kind of started looking at their what they've done and who's currently on their roster. Julian Edelman, we all know he's, he's mm-hmm. that great slot type of guy. Mohamed Sanu, a little bit older. He's 30 years old, but he's still a good guy, like, not nothing great. A good number two, yeah. number three. Right. Um, they signed Marquise Lee. Yep. Uh, if he's healthy, big question mark. He's a good receiver. Nikhil Harry's jury's still out on him. Didn't they draft a receiver? Uh, I, th- I thought I they believe... drafted a receiver. I'm I thought they drafted one Jacoby in the first round. Myers is another receiver. 
I'm showing. I don't know. He's also 23. Demir Bird. He gets to reunite with Demir Bird. What? Demir <laughs> Bird? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, I might be wrong about the draft pick. I thought they drafted a wide receiver. Okay. They did not. Um, but, yeah, I mean, those names that you're giving out there are not any worse than what Cam's gone to war with with the Panthers in recent years. That's exactly what I started maybe thinking better. about. When I was like, <laughs> read those names, I was like, wow, that's better than the 2015 receiving corps here. Yeah. So I believe he could do it. I believe also that this team is not going to be a top five offense, even with Cam Newton. But I believe that team can win the East or at least compete with the Bills. I see no reason why this team with Cam, with a healthy Cam Newton, couldn't be a Super Bowl contender. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you know, you've got, you're basically just swapping out. I mean, you're not going to have Gronk, but they didn't have Gronk last year either, and they made it to the AFC Championship game. So Cam is going to do a lot of things better than Tom Brady did. You know, Cam's going to run better than Tom Brady. Cam's going to get the ball deep down the field better than Tom Brady. Cam's not going to be as accurate as Tom Brady. He's probably not going to be as quick as Tom Brady in terms of getting rid of the ball. He's but not it's going to be able to diagnose plays as right. fast as Tom Brady. Let's be honest. He That was one of Tom Brady's biggest strengths. Yeah, right. So, you know, it's going to come down to Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick coming up with a scheme that's going to play to Cam's strengths, and they're going to do it. They're going to do it better than Cam has ever had. Now, we keep mentioning Tom Brady because he's replacing him. Who mm. do you think will actually have a better season? That's a good question. I mean, Brady's got better weapons mm-hmm. in Tampa He Bay. has a lot better weapons. Yeah. Um, he's got a great head coach down there in Bruce mm-hmm. Arians. I mean, that's going to be a... a I, but is Tom Brady at 43 years old... Is the wall coming? Is he going to hit the wall this year? I mean, I did he hit the wall planning. last year? Let's his stats coming were down nuts. the stretch. He was yeah, coming down the stretch. He was bad. But does he have playmakers that are going to make up for that deficiency with Tampa Bay? I think he's not going to look as bad as he did last year. Um, yeah, I'd probably still go Tom Brady for the better numbers overall. If you're just looking at passing numbers. I think passing numbers, yes, but I think Cam will have a better season. Cam moved up to the top 10 in MVP odds in, from Vegas after they signed him, which is a little insane because he wasn't even on a team Yeah, <laughs> a couple of days ago. So I read somebody put a $500 bet on him when he was 100 to 1 odds. And then as soon as he signed, he went to 40 to 1 odds. So, you know, somebody made a nice, you know, bet on that. Uh, maybe you wonder if there's some inside information there. But, uh, okay, I'm circling back to the Tom Brady discussion just okay, because I sure. find it interesting. So, Tom Brady, okay, we both agree he's probably going to have better stats just because Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, OJ Howard, Gronk, th- those weapons are just. Probably one of the best ever put together. Right. So last year, Brady threw for 4,057 yards, 24 touchdowns, and 8 interceptions. Good year. 
That's Andy Dalton type year. That's exactly it. Do you think (laughs) Cam will have a better year than this throwing the ball? Well, I think Tom Brady's going to have a better year than that this year. Yes, Tom Brady. Now, will Cam? Cam's, of course, Cam's best year in 2015 was better than that. But outside of that one year, has Cam been better than that? I don't think he has. You know what? I I think he's been right around that pretty much every year of his career. Well, after the 2015 season, he hasn't been healthy. And that's kind of, again, why he struggled to get there. Now, he has only passed for 4,000 yards once in his career, and that was his rookie season. He's had one one year with more than 24 touchdowns, and that was 2015. Hmm. Uh, yeah. He's never had a year where he threw less than 10 interceptions, which that was also 2015. Um, like you said, he's only had one year of 4,000 yards. Of course, he makes up for it with running. You know, we've always said, Cam, you can't look at Cam's passing numbers and determine how good a year he had, right? It's all, it's all the running, you know, um, total yards. He's been up over five thousand or four thousand total yards pretty much every year of his career. Um, that's the question, right? It, yeah. How how much is he going to run with New England? Do you think he has? I mean, just looking at his rushing here, um, two thousand eighteen he had four hundred eighty eight yards rushing. Twenty sixteen he had three hundred fifty nine yards rushing, but outside of those, he's been over five hundred. 40 yards pretty much every year of his career. So does he have 500 yards in him rushing? 500, 500 yards, I, eight touchdowns, Honestly, like that. I think he is. I think he's going to be able to run a lot better than we've seen him in the past couple seasons. I think I think he's motivated. <clears throat> I, and, I know, and I know we said we were going to assume he's healthy, but, you know, he's also going to be 31 years old. So even if he's fully healthy... He's not going to have the same wheels that he had eight years ago, right? I, um, I can't but even twenty seventeen. So. Twenty seventeen was like you know his best rushing yardage year. You know, seven hundred fifty four yards, six touchdowns. So I don't know, man. I mean, I, I'd still go Tom Brady. Just overall better year, I think, just because those weapons are just so much better than what Cam has in New England. But I don't think it's a crazy conversation to have. No. At all. And like I said, I think honestly, I think he'll he number wise will be better and Brady will be better than Cam Newton, but I think Cam Newton actually will have a better season. So do you think the Patriots I mean, let's let's go prediction here. I mean, obviously this is way early and I haven't even looked at their schedule, but just Cam Newton on the Patriots, knowing what you know about Bill Belichick. Over under eleven and a half wins for that. Team. I'm going over. I think they win the AFC East, probably thirteen and three. Okay. I think I would go over slightly. I think I'd say twelve wins. Um, and I do think they win the AFC East, but I don't know. I, I'm very excited to watch it. I mean, this is this is what I hoped for was Cam going to the Patriots because yeah. I want to see what he can do with and, the best coach. And this is all hypothetical if he's healthy, but yeah, I agree. I am, I'm excited to watch him. I am not switching my fandom. I am not going to buy a Cam Newton jersey. 
I am. But I will be rooting from afar as long as they're not playing the Panthers. Yeah. Um, I'm seeing here that the Patriots were Cam's only offer. So Supposedly, we, can give Cam, we can give Cam all the kudos in the world, but it sounds like that was his only option <laughs> supposedly the browns were interested and were talking to him but supposedly no, i'm talking about nfl teams <sighs> <laughs> but who are these browns you speak of? <laughs> <laughs> but the patriots and him supposedly this was going on for a while where they're discussing the contract and everything else mm-hmm. and I still can't believe they got him for basically the league minimum with it all incentive-based. Did you see what Richard Sherman said about that? Mm-hmm. Just yeah. basically that you got a an, a guy who was the MVP of the league a few years ago. He's only 31 years old, and him signing for the league minimum is disgusting, I believe it was the word he used. But I mean, it, Richard it really Sherman is. has to understand, Cam. You, nobody knows if Cam's healthy. It, it's okay. If Nick Cam, Foles is getting like $15, 16000000 dollars over and over again, Cam Newton deserved to get more than nothing. I would much rather have Nick Foles than what I had of Cam Newton at the last half of twenty eighteen. Nick Foles is a much better quarterback than the last half year of twenty eighteen of Cam Newton. So if you're if you had a franchise and you could trade for Nick Foles on his contract, hold on. I'm looking up his contract, so we'll probably edit this out, or you'll forget, and it'll sound very <laughs> funny on me. <laughs> okay. I know Nick Foles makes a lot of money. Go ahead. So he actually doesn't. He's eight million dollars, but his dead cap is twenty-one million dollars. Okay. And the next year, it'll be. $15 million, but he'll be making $16 million. So if you could trade for that or sign Cam Newton to a $10 million year deal and try to win with him, how would you go? What wouldn't would you go with? So you're asking me, am I the Chicago Bears? Yes, basically. Because that's exactly what the Chicago Bears did. Mm-hmm. Um, me personally, I would probably go with cam because the upside's higher right and if i'm the chicago bears i just roll with trubisky if cam's hurt and i'm not that bad of shape you know but if i'm if i i mean it's hard to say because you could strike out on cam you can absolutely strike out on cam i just so if i'm guaranteed if i'm having to guarantee him 10 million dollars then no, I probably wouldn't do that because I don't know about Cam. All I've seen from Cam the last several years is he has been unhealthy and he cannot stay healthy. I think the reward is way I think you would go I would go with Cam. I yeah. think there's so much it's a boomer bust risk, but if you only do it for one year, two years, I would I think it would have been easier to lean on that. But again, Bill Belichick, you know, Waved his magical wand and got somebody, you know, got well, him. Let for me ask nothing. you this: instead of instead of Nick Foles, who I don't think either one of us like, you know, what if you're talking about Andy Dalton, who is gonna put up numbers, is gonna be healthy, 
and the price is the same. I, I, I still would go with Cam. I think Cam, I think Andy Dalton's a fine quarterback, great backup quarterback. But I don't think a Andy Dalton-led team is going to lead you anywhere. While I think if a healthy Cam Newton team, he can put a team on his shoulders and go all the way to the Super Bowl. He's done it before, and I think he could do it again if healthy. Granted, that's the negative, but... I mean, it's easy to spend other people's money, so I agree with you on that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, and obviously, if you're looking for upside, you know, you're, you're going to go with Cam. So I think, I mean, final word on this from me, I'm excited about it. I wrote a little blog post. Um, you guys can check out our Twitter handle, Meow Mix Podcast, um, to see the link to it. Just a little kind of coping with the loss of Cam, um, my feelings on it, and... You know, just take a. It's a quick little read. So now you'll um, read it on the computer screen, but when you watch or read it on the computer screen, just know there was tears dropped on his computer when he wrote <laughs> right. it. Right, teardrops on my keyboard. <laughs> um, I did compare Teddy Bridgewater to North Carolina fireworks. So really if you want to see the context of that, go ahead and check it out. I'm telling you right now, like, Teddy Bridgewater is going to surprise <laughs> us or surprise a lot of people. Yeah. Um. Quick thing, funny so. to see so. how all the media is now falling right. over Cam. Your final and word how amazing a decision this was when I wish Cam the best. a couple I of weeks ago they couldn't say a, a kind word about him. Oh, very true. Yeah. All right, let's take a quick break. Uh, we will be right back to talk about the 2003 NFC Championship game. And we're back now. Two years after going 1-15, the 2003 Carolina Panthers shocked the NFL world by going 11-5 and winning the NFC South while grabbing the number three seed in the playoffs. In the wildcard round, the Panthers dominated a Bill Parcells-led Dallas Cowboys team 29-10. Once in the divisional round, the Panthers had to travel to St. Louis to face off against the greatest show on turf, in double overtime, Jake DeLome threw to Steve Smith for a 69-yard touchdown to beat the Rams 29-23. We all remember that play. Putting the number three seeded Panthers to set up against the number one Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC Championship game in Philadelphia with 33 degrees temperature at kickoff. Now, we decided on this game because we put up a Twitter poll and it was actually a tie between this game and a Monday night game against New England. We flipped a coin and New England won, but Stephen picked this game anyways. <laughs> <laughs> right. Maybe in retrospect, it would have been uh, funnier to do the, the New England game at this point. But um, yeah, uh, you know, it's fun to go back and watch these older games, right? Well, this game's on YouTube, by the way. If you guys want to pause the podcast and go watch it before we talk about it. Now, I actually was the one who nominated this game. And the reason yeah. why I nominated this game is I love this playoffs. I went to the Dallas Cowboys game here in Carolina, and that was like my first real playoff experience. It was the loudest stadium I've ever been in, and it was crazy. And we trounced them, and it was great. But also, after this game, when we won, my brother... And I, he, he took me, I was, I was a little bit younger, but I was still in my early 20s. So me and him went up to the stadium and met the Panthers as they flew in. And with the, 
NFC Championship. So we were all in, you know, cheering them on and stuff like that. And they were just glowing. All the players were coming out, like high fiving the fans. It was such an awesome feeling. That's awesome. I remember that Cowboys game. Uh, I remember how excited everybody was around here for the Cowboys to come into town. You know, a lot of Cowboys fans around here. So, and for us just to dominate them like we did in that game, uh, it was pretty special. Um, I I, kind of wanted to know, Jerry, why you chose this game, Mm -hmm. actually, because of all the playoff games, this is kind of the least exciting exciting yeah i just remember this game because everybody had us completely like oh the philadelphias are gonna walk into the super bowl because they've been going to the nfc championship two times this was a third time in a row and they're like they're finally gonna make it in they're just gonna walk over this panthers team they're happy to just be here at this point i was like our team is really good and i in Ricky Manning Jr.'s three interceptions, which we'll mm-hmm. get into, oh, I, I don't know why. And it may be because me and my brother went up there and we saw the players like just with gleeful smiles on all their faces. It was just something really cool. And it was kind of a encapsulation of the playoffs. Yeah. And just watching the game um, and listening to the announcers who, by the way, Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, and Chris Collinsworth, mm-hmm. announcers for this game, three, a three-man booth, um, listening to the way they were talking about the Eagles and basically how the Eagles were losing the game. Not oh, that yeah. the Panthers were winning the game, but how the Eagles were losing the game and how surprising it was that the Eagles were getting beaten, how the fans just came in here with such you know expectations and immediately were silenced almost. I mean, just... The, the Eagles had no shot in this game. No. They could not complete a pass. The defense, yeah. like, complete. And every time, like, a good defensive play, the commentators, oh, these receivers are horrible. These receivers are horrible. They're not making <laughs> plays on the ball. Well, a good part of that was that secondary was shutting them down. Chris Gamble and Ricky Manning Jr. and Terry Cousins. So let's get into it. Panthers win this game 14-3. to Um only three total scores in this game. Uh, and it really wasn't close, like we've talked about. I mean, um, first play or the first score of the game was Masin Muhammad touchdown from, from Jake DeLome mm-hmm. with about 10 minutes left in the second quarter, put us up 7 nothing. That was it. Game over. <laughs> I mean, basically, you could turn it off at that point. Game over. They, they drove down the field a couple times, but they always turned the ball over at that point. It, yeah. I watching that Musin Mohammed touchdown, it reminded me just how Jake DeLone got all his yards. It was just deep bombs to Mohammed or Steve Smith, and both of them will jump over the corners and grab it. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if there's I, I ever down. any schemes besides that. That was the hit. <laughs> well, even the uh, Joe Buck, or it was either Joe Buck or Troy Aikman, talked about that. And after that play, where, again, DeLone just kind of broken play he was backpedaling he just kind of threw it up in the air <laughs> and muhammad made a play and caught it uh and the commentator i think it was joe buck said that you know they were talking to him to jake delome prior to the game and and how he talked about you know i just like to throw the ball up in the air and see what happens <laughs> <You know? laughs> and that's basically what this was i mean 
that was Jake DeLome's career, pretty much. And luckily, he had good enough playmakers to where oftentimes it ended up working out for him. Yeah. yeah. I, and this was his first year starting, too. Rodney yeah, Pete right. started game one against I Jacksonville and got benched at halftime. Yep. Who's Rodney Pete's wife? Vanessa something? Uh, she was the girlfriend she, on Hanging with Mr. Cooper. I was going to say, she's an actress. <laughs> I can't think of her yeah. first name right now. I don't remember either, but uh, she's, she's very pretty. Anyway, um, another something that kind of jumped out to me that I forgot about was a couple things, actually. Um, one that we pretty much knocked Donovan McNabb out of this game. Uh, and actually knocked him out of the game pretty early. He ended up staying in the game, but he did leave the game in the third quarter uh, or early fourth quarter. But he came into the game injured, uh, sore ribs, and we knocked the crap out of him oh, yeah. this entire game. Every time he was back there, he was getting bombarded. Uh, yeah. See if we have a total sack number. Sack. We had five sacks. Yeah. I don't know if we have QB hits, but... It was insane. The injury that happened, the commentators, again, they were rooting for Philly in this game, if you couldn't tell by listening to Mm -hmm. him. But there was a, we sacked him, but the rest didn't blow the whistle because they thought he just tripped himself. But I believe it was uh, Chris Jenkins, like, touched his foot as he was falling, so he had been down by contact. But the rest let it play on. So Mike Rucker came over and kind of gave him a hit, which would have been a foul nowadays just because you you have to, you mm-hmm. know, tap him with your pinky so he's down. Otherwise, it's unnecessary yeah. roughness. And that's how he injured his uh, ribs. <clears throat> that's a note I wrote down was um, that that play particularly would have been 15 yards yeah. for the Eagles because that was definitely a late hit. Um and the commentators mentioned that. I mean, even back then in 2003, you know, or 2004, I guess technically this game was. But, uh, you know, that was late, – late hits were a thing. Instant replay was a thing. For some reason, I thought instant replay hadn't been instituted yet. <laughs> no, we're I don't not know why. We're not in the 80s why. or early 90s. I know, but it's 17 years ago, you know, or 16 <laughs> years ago. It feels, feels like a long time ago. Um, uh, Steve Smith kind of a zero in this game. Didn't – do anything yeah i i was a little surprised by that too but there was one person i wanted to talk about i'm trying to look up his stats right now deuce daily oh yeah i know we're we're a panthers fandom and everything but man he he was on fire this game i was shocked they didn't go to him more at least in some screen passes and give him the ball that's another yeah that's another thing is brian westbrook uh was not in this game he was, you know, the man for the Eagles that year, and he was hurt out of, out for the entire playoffs. So that's why Deuce Staley was playing. You know, had Brian Westbrook been in the game, you'd have seen a lot more passes to the running back, and the game could have turned out differently. Yeah, I I was shocked how well Deuce Daly played and why they weren't feeding him. I just I was completely confused by it. Yeah, I mean, obviously they just couldn't get anything going really offensively. But, yeah, I mean, he only had 13 rushes, uh, yeah. rushed for 79 yards. So, Corel uh, Buckhalter, also 11 rushes for 48 yards. He looked fine every time he touched the ball. Yeah. Um, obviously, for the Panthers, only 14 passes for Jake DeLone. And he did not pass the ball one time in the fourth quarter. 
Uh, he was 9 for 14, 101 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. Um, but this was this was a John Fox. I was thinking this, and pardon my language, I was thinking this as I watched the game. I said, this is a John Fox wet dream. You know, <laughs> running the ball, controlling the clock, playing an excellent defense, a low-scoring game, cold weather. Like, this is... This is if John Fox could draw up a game, this is what it would be. Oh, you're absolutely correct. And it was kind of weird at the beginning. We we're running, we passed the ball, but then we started running the ball with Deshaun Foster. We didn't have Steve Davis, which they said he had a, a slight injury coming into yeah, the game. Yeah, he's a little banged up. Yep. That's what they said. But come the third and fourth quarter, I guess they were just resting him enough so they could ride him the rest of the game because that was when he came on and just was nonstop. Yeah. Um, you wanted to talk about the second touchdown of this game, Deshaun Foster. I, I yes, I did. I was gonna actually mention something else. We ran. Oh, an, go ahead. We ran an end around with Musin Muhammad. Yeah. I, I, that that's classic Panthers football. <laughs> wait, we have Steve Smith in his prime. This is prime Steve Smith, where he's you know not long in the tooth. You know, three four mm. years in the league. And we end end around with Musin Muhammad. I actually is, asked in my notes. It goes, was this common? Was this like no? He had three rushes the whole season, so three other end arounds. Yeah. Why? Why? Let me ask you. Let me ask you this. <laughs> and this is why I say this is classic Panthers. Because do you remember when Jericho Cotri was on the mm-hmm. Panthers, and we would do nothing but run end arounds to forty-seven-year-old Jericho Cotri. <laughs> <laughs> the slowest wide receiver on the team. Yeah. And that's all they wanted to do. And then they the ran second... way too many. We had Ted Ginn on that team. <laughs> and then we would run Devin Funches yeah. for streaks. <laughs> <laughs> why? And this is why Cam Newton is not on the Panthers anymore. He's on the New England Patriots. Because we cannot whole... figure out how to put talent around him. We're bringing it around. Oh, my gosh. Okay, now um, now I'll go back uh, to the touchdown by Deshaun Foster. If you haven't seen this touchdown in a while or forget a, forgot about it, this is probably the best one-yard rushing touchdown you'll ever see. He broke like five tackles in it, uh, and he scored the touchdown. It, well, it looks like he actually broke three tackles and carried four players into the end zone. It is amazing. Yeah. yeah. And we watched this game, and I was so excited to talk about this. And the Panthers tweeted out today, which is Monday, remembering the one-yard Deshaun Foster touchdown. I was like, well, at least people yeah, will crazy. be able to find it. I know. It's, it's so <laughs> weird how that happens. Um, but, yeah, and even even with as amazing and, and incredible as that Deshaun Foster run was, the first thing that I think it was Chris Collinsworth said was, oh, just poor effort on the Eagles' part. Poor effort to bring him down. You're right. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. that's. I mean, it's all about the Eagles. All about the Eagles. I wanted to be like, are you kidding me? This is one of the best one-yard rush touchdown runs you'll ever see. Yes. And you're immediately going to talk about the defense. <laughs> now, it was poor effort. Uh, don't get me wrong. <laughs> you know, they, they literally, I mean, they had three legitimate opportunities to tackle him shoulder pads wrapped him up and everything and he just shrugged them off yeah like they weren't even there i honestly watching that play reminded me why i was so hyped about deshaun foster why i got a 
rookie jersey of his and mm-hmm. everything. Oh, yeah. Didn't really end up working out for Deshaun Foster here in the long run. Or my jersey. It's somewhere in Goodwill. (laughs) Um, The first thing I thought about when I saw that run was Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, very much so. And how I really really wish that Christian McCaffrey could do that. (laughs) Because those one-yard touchdown runs, Christian McCaffrey just can't seem to get there. No. You know, he just, you know, to win games or to put a game away, he just can't seem to do it. So Who knows? Yeah, Deshaun Foster... Um, real quick, disappointing career for Deshaun Foster. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, ends up playing, what, five seasons what? with the Panthers. Then goes to San uh, Fran. And one, and... Yeah, one additional season with San Francisco where he did nothing. Kind of a bummer. Yeah. There was another player that did that too here. Uh, Ricky Manning Jr. was the other rookie. He had three interceptions mm-hmm. in this game. And... Yeah, first one was just a great play by him, but then he kept picking him off. Like the I said, second three. one, also very good play. Yeah, yeah, and then the third one was kind of tipped up by uh, Mike ball, Minner. Yeah. Mike Minner had a heck of a game in this. He yep. uh, he was the lead component about harassing McNabb. Every time he dropped back, I felt like Mike Minner was rocking him, even if he got the ball out. Yeah, Ricky Manning. Something I wrote down uh, I thought was a funny line from the commentators was Ricky Manning Jr. becomes Ricky Manning the third when he intercepted that third pick. <laughs> I thought that was pretty clever. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, I like that. Um, but yeah, Ricky Manning, uh, I think he started, uh, he, he began starting games a little bit halfway through the season there. It mm-hmm. sounded like uh, our starting, uh, what was the safety, or DB, whatever position he was playing, got hurt. Uh, Terry Cousins. uh, Terry Cousins, right. And uh, Manning came in to fill in for him. He played so well that they just kept him in the starting lineup. Uh, But, yeah, this was the Ricky Manning game. I mean, if you're given an MVP award for the NFC Championship game, it it had to go to Ricky Manning Jr. in this game. Oh, yeah. I I believe uh, it sealed the win, to be honest with you. There was a – I think that first interception, they were driving down, and they were in field goal range when it happened. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, absolutely. Um and like we said, that third one was sort of a tip, tip pass interception. But uh, I still made the play, yeah. so I got yeah, full credit for that. And again, he played three years here in Carolina, two years in Chicago, and one year in St. Louis. So another rookie that had an outstanding mm-hmm. start in this season. He only played six years. Yeah, and only league. three years with us. Yeah, kind of weird. Um. There were four interceptions in this game. Did you catch the last interception? It was not Ricky Manning. Coy Detmer, who came in for Donovan McNabb, threw an interception. Oh, I didn't write down who it was. Was it Dan Morgan? It was Dan Morgan. That's what I. Th- that's who I thought it was. I didn't write it down, but yeah, that was the yeah. the nail in the coffin. That it was already pretty much over, but. Yeah, that was fourth quarter. Uh, they were, you know, uh, um, they were driving. They were down inside the red zone, and uh, the Eagles were, and that pretty much sealed it. That was the game. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they. I mean, that was a huge play because they score there, then it's a one-score game. You know, they could potentially go for two and make it a field goal game. So, uh, big play. But uh, Dan Morgan, it's just fun to see. 
these Panthers of old. You know, Julius Peppers out there didn't really do much. Didn't hear his name called a lot, but he was out there. Um, but Rucker, Ricky Manning, Dan Morgan, Mike Minter, Steve Smith, Masim Mahanit, yeah, Mike Minter. Uh, you know, I, you know, Freddie Mitchell for the Eagles. I remember how much I hated Freddie Mitchell. <laughs> Rod Smart, <laughs> Nick Freddie Goings. Mitchell. Oh man, I was I was having a field day when they were naming some of our Brad yeah. Hoover. Hoover. Yep, yep, Hoover. I actually um, yelled Hoover when they. <laughs> Ran a play with him and he got like three yards. I yelled, Hoover. "Nice!" <laughs> uh, I did think it was funny that Joe Buck uh, mentioned the XFL and the one season <laughs> experiment. No, you know, and I was thinking, ah, oh, that you could—that's a line right out of 2020. Yep. You know, the one year experiment. The league folded after one year. Um, yeah, but this was just a fun game to watch, um, even though it was a super low scoring game. There was a lot of action. You know, a lot of a lot of things happening, and you know it's just fun to go back and have the the nostalgia, I guess. And I guess uh, John Casey made a couple of extra points here, so congratulations, John Casey. The last positive thing you'll ever do in a Panthers uniform, in terms, you know, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I am glad we did this one because, like I said, when you came up with the idea and stuff, I. I was a little hesitant, but I really enjoyed watching some of the old players. I'm glad we didn't do something from like 2019 or 2018. Something where I'd have been like, yeah, I remember that. Exactly. But this game, I was like, oh, yeah, look at that player. I forgot all he existed. Like James Thrash for the Eagles. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Uh Here's some trivia for you. See if you see if you can answer these questions without looking. Okay. So, so close your internet browser. Who was the Panthers' offensive coordinator for this team? Dan Henning. That's right. Dan Henning claimed to fame the uh, creating the Wildcat. Mm. Remember? And he went to Miami and ran the Wildcat down there. And everybody thought he was so impressive for bringing the Wildcat to Miami when he actually started it here. Well, he started it here because we had no quarterback. Yeah. Like, right. I think we injured every quarterback on that yeah. roster, and it was like, uh, D'Angelo Williams, you're going to go ahead and start mm-hmm. taking some snaps because we have a practice squad guy at quarterback. Yeah, there was a game where we had over 40 rushes and four passes. Then didn't Vinny – no, that wasn't the year Vinny Testaverde came here, was it? Ah, I don't remember – uh, exactly what year it was. It may have been, you know, Vinny Testaverde, who was a Brian St. Pierre. Yes, that it was yeah. because we signed him like on a Monday or Tuesday and he started mm-hmm. the next week. And I got right. to, I actually got to see Vinny Testaverde's last snap in oh, the nice. NFL. I was in Tampa Bay and it was the last game of the season. Carolina was out of it, but I got to see him mm. and he, they trotted him out there for the last snap of the game and he took a knee. There you go. Uh, defensive coordinator. Mike Turkovac. Yeah, can't. Mike Turducken, as I like to call Yeah, him. they mentioned his name on the broadcast, <laughs> and I wrote down, I go, I forgot this guy existed. Not only does he exist, he's still, he is still, he's still in the NFL. He is a defensive assistant for the Oakland Raiders. Never a defensive coordinator after the Panthers. That's how good he was. Right. Well, so yeah, he uh, defensive coordinator for the Panthers for five years, and then defensive line coach for the Packers for a long time, eight years, 
uh, and then went to the Raiders. So yeah, still around. Um, let me look at Dan Henning, and I don't think he did anything after Miami. No, he was yeah, already Miami old was, when he came yeah. here. He was a uh, San Diego's head coach, <clears throat> and I am saying San Diego because they were San Diego back then. That's right. Um, yeah, he was sixty-one years old in this season. Mm-hmm. Dan Henning, sixty-eight years old when he retired with the Dolphins in twenty ten. Wow. Um, yeah. So uh, let's see, who was the owner of the Panthers at this? I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I, uh, who was the general manager of the pan of the? Uh, uh, it's Marty Herney. That's obvious. That's right. Yeah. He hired John Fox. Marty Herney's still around. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I don't see the special teams coach. So, well, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and tell fun. you, I have no clue on the special teams. Yeah, coach. I don't. I don't remember either. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, Mike McCoy was our quarterbacks coach. Jim Skipper, running backs coach. And he, I believe, is still around. Yeah, he's still the running backs coach. And he's a great. Uh, or at least he back, was, or a very good running backs coach. This is also yeah. the season where Keep Pounding started. The right, yep. Sam Mills. Yep. Him and Mark Fields uh, got sick with cancer. Uh, yep. Sam did Mills. Did you have a Keep Pounding uh, bracelet? I did. Did of you? Of course. Oh, yeah. You were not a Panthers fan unless you did. I was. A, yeah, I, I, I believe I was in. No, I wasn't in Tampa at this time. Never mind. That was another. Where were, where were you? Were you, were you? were you here? Yeah, I was here in Charlotte. Okay. Okay. Uh, I think I, w- I actually had to work when this game was on. And I got home and it was like the second half. I think I was working. Pretty, bu- pretty bummer. Uh, but I do remember where I was for the Super Bowl. Uh, we had like a Super Bowl party at my parents' house watching that game. And maybe that's a game we should do one day, even though it's kind of a bummer. Oh, we kind of, we already did that game, didn't we? We sort of already did that. Yeah, I don't uh, really want to talk about ago. a bummer game, but yeah. I just kind of realized that this may have been very key to me as a Panthers fan. I've always I was always a Panthers fan as you know, growing up and everything. Mm-hmm. But now I'm thinking about this was the first year I like watched all the games. How I really yeah. got into the games. How I was so excited for the Super Bowl. So excited for like the playoffs and. You know, I got yeah. tickets to the Cowboys game because at, in the infancy of the internet, it wasn't infancy, but still younger internet, I was hit clicking refresh to get those Dallas Cowboys tickets. Maybe that's why I wanted to do 2003 so bad. Well, so just kind of quick look here. That was, 2003 was only the second time ever that the Panthers were over 500 for a season. Hmm. The first time being 1996 yep. when they made that surprise run to the uh to the championship game, but um yeah, so I mean 7 and 9 the year before that, of course 1 and 15 the prior year as we discussed. Um 7 and 9 the year after this, 11 and 5 after that, 8 and 8 after that, 7 and 9 after that, 12 and 4. So, you know, Classic Panthers up and down. Never two good seasons in a row, as we know. Mm. Continues to this day. Hopefully Rule will change that in a couple years. Yeah, mediocrity. Oh, man. Um, Well, this was fun, man. Um, Do you want to do Heroes and Zeros? I guess Hero obvious in this game, right? McKay Manning Jr. 
Obviously. Has to be. Yeah. Um, I, you know, th- thinking of zeros, I was actually going to go Steve Smith just because he really didn't do anything in this game. I don't know if that was just the scheme or what, but you, you expect your superstar wide receiver to have a bigger impact. Yeah, if you're going to do a zero on this game, yeah, Steve Smith would make sense. Yeah. Um, or, you know, you could say John Casey just because, you know, for what's going to ha- for what's going to happen to him, you know, <laughs> preemptive zero. Um, you know, it pisses me off as pro football reference has Steve Smith wearing his Ravens gear as his main. Picture. Oh, yeah. I noticed that yeah. too. I think uh, the NFL.com has that too. Like, like whenever you Come go on. into it, it's like stats and stuff like that. Ugh, it drives me nuts. Yeah, it sucks. Oh well. Um, yeah, this was Steve Smith's first great year. You know, eleven hundred yards. Actually, very similar year to what um, DJ Moore had this year. Mm-hmm. Similar amount of receptions, similar amount of yards, similar amount of touchdowns. So we can hope, I guess. <laughs> You know, <laughs> he did say that DJ Moore was his spirit animal. So, I, I think DJ Moore is going to be good. <laughs> I don't necessarily think he's going to mimic Steve Smith's career, but I think he's going to be a good number one for us. He's not going to be the eighth highest receptions in NFL history. No, no, I'm... or uh, reception yards. Oh man, um, now they've got him at uh, ninety-eight point eight percent possibility of getting in the hall of fame so that's good cool you know that's steve smith not dj Moore. (laughs) dj Moore not quite there yet (laughs) (laughs) well do you want to have any last thoughts on this game before we go ahead and sign off um just you know a lot of fun to watch um this season you know we we talked about a little bit but uh it was a revelation as a panthers fan you know from 1996 I was only 13 years old so I really didn't appreciate it you know 2003 I was 20 years old and or almost 20 years old and uh, I definitely was more into football so this was probably like you said my first real experience of being super excited about NFL football um, just because the local team was doing great. I did notice as I was watching the game, just that the New England Indianapolis score kept flashing up. Yeah, you know, New England wins, and I was kind of like, ah, you know, hurt my heart a little bit every time I saw that. <laughs> but uh, no, this was fun, and um, you know, I'd like to do another. Maybe we find another one of these old games that was really good that we watch one day. Yeah, uh, I, I agree, and like I said, I, this kind of was. Like, my really fandom really got going during this yeah. season. Uh, when you said you were 13, I thought, holy crap, how much older am I than you? Because I knew I was older, <laughs> but not much older, like a couple of years. And then you said 20. I was like, okay, yeah, that seems yeah, right okay, now. Again. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the world is back yeah. right. I was like, I'm not <laughs> much older than you. Just think there's some kids where, you know, 2015 was there 2004. Oh, you I know. know. And... When we're doing a 2003 game, I'm sure there's a lot of fans listening right now that don't remember this game or weren't born during this game. That's yeah, I know. that. That's something I was thinking about during this game. I was like, 2004. Like, these kids that were born now, they're driving. 
you know? <laughs> yeah. They're they're two years away from voting. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. We're old. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. <laughs> my set my kid was just born in twenty twenty. I mean you know. Yeah. Twenty twenty. Oh God. I don't know. <laughs> All right. We're closer to tw- we're closer to the year 2050 than we are to 1990. Just think about that. I know. Now, for all you young people, don't get scared. Get growing older. <laughs> you <is> young okay. <laughs> whippersnappers. <laughs> and we want to thank everybody for listening. If you liked yeah, our podcast, stay off our lawn. <laughs> please let your friends know. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Meow Mix Podcast, or you can email us any questions or comments at mailbag at meowmixpodcast.com. If you have any suggestions of games we can watch, yes, it'll be in. Or any suggestions, you know, for shows upcoming. We do plan on doing a positional... um... Overview. There we go. (laughs) Positional overview for each position in the offseason. QBs one week, receivers one week, offensive line. Just to kill some time and, you know, kind of look into the Panthers' future. Yeah, not really killing time. We're just kind of previewing the season. Um, these are interesting times for the Panthers. So, um, But yeah, definitely reach out if you have any ideas for or anything you want to hear us discuss. You know, Let us know. Uh, like we mentioned last week, you know, we'll send you some swag. We'll get your name on the podcast. You know, just uh, a little bit of, build a little bit of a community here. So... All right, everybody. Um, this was fun. We will be back probably in a couple of weeks to start our position overviews. Uh, maybe we'll do two a week or something. We'll see. See if any other news breaks. Um, but until then, everybody stay safe and keep pounding. <laughs>